Festi fam, the time is now. Festival goers unite. Welcome to the Festi Files, where we highlight the creative, inspiring personalities that all contribute to the festival experience. So if you're watching this at home, whether you are just a festival attendee, uh, somebody backstage, a vendor at a festival, or just someone in the crowd having the time of their life, you are contributing to the festival experience. We each play a role in the whole festival community. My name is Desmond Beristain. I am the CEO and founder of Festi, the festival smart band. And today we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> Our guest has attended, well, if you go to his Instagram, he says, Festival count is 158 so far. So he's trying to bump that up a little bit. But uh, right now it's at 158 festivals. He is the author of the Festival Goers Guide, which is a tour guide for festival festivaling like a pro. And he's just an overall good vibes. I've heard a lot about him. And it's great to finally be able to connect with the festival guy, Hello. <laughs> Tucker Gumber. Tucker, welcome to the Festifiles. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. I, uh, oh, yeah. The day where, where festivals are like talked about like, oh, I remember when. Um, this, is, this is like a, a fun timing. So thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no worries. Thanks for jumping on. I mean, that's, that's kind of why we kicked this podcast off. Uh, uh, we had so many expectations going into this festival season as everyone in the community did. And then this happened. Uh, us in particular, we were getting ready to launch a product. Right, so we created Festi, the smart band. It keeps people together without cell phone service, Wi-Fi, or data. And then there are no festivals <laughs> for a while. So we're like, hmm, what do we do? Because we're not just gonna sit on the sideline, right? And it's been beautiful to see the festival community be one of the first to respond. Whether it's throwing on live streams, um, we're like, hey, let's kick off the festival podcast and get that in-depth look at what happens at a festival, not just, you know, um, what's the main stage, you know, what goes into the whole entire experience. And we have a couple other things in, in store. So happy to have you on and kind of just, let's take a deeper dive into your story, you know, why music festivals are important to you. And um, yeah, let's, let's just jump right into it, dude. What, uh, 158 festivals, how does that happen? Well, that is a loaded question. That is, that is a story I could tell over a week or like, I mean, because it really does go way, way, way back. And, and um, I guess I'm really proud of the fact that I can say I had an idea and, and found something I love and really went for it, you know? Um, so, I'll give you the, the shortened version of it, but uh, uh, I think there's a lot of key points in there and, and a lot of lessons that uh, I've learned and I've, I've had, I mean, I have had to learn every lesson the hard way. And that's, that's literally how, uh, how I wrote the Festival Goer's Guide is I, I had to make every mistake and learn from it and then be like, oh, next time, right? Well, eventually there I'd done so many next times and learned from so many people that had been doing it longer than me and had shown me things that eventually like it was all very, very easy and I could I could I could just permanently festival. You know, my, my biggest streak was in twenty sixteen. I did six from from the first weekend of March I did uh McDowell Mountain Music Festival and then I went to South by Southwest and then Buku and then 
suddenly it was 16 weeks later and I did 16 festivals in 16 weeks. So, um, and, and like just got stronger with each and every one. So that's, that's, you know, uh, so I guess, I guess I'll just kind of start like, um, what, what allowed me to do it and recognize it was, uh, I grew up in Colorado and, um, my family were like big hobbyists, you know, like my, my grandpa wasn't just a golfer. He was like the golfer. He, he was a golfer his whole life. Our house was filled with trophies. He, um, my dad wasn't just an outdoorsman. He was a Colorado division wildlife officer. And my uncle wasn't just a fisherman. He was a tournament bass fisherman. So me growing up, I learned there's a right way to do things. And the more, the more you know about a hobby, the more fun you're going to have. You know, golf is the worst until you know what you're doing. And then it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like fishing, frustrating until you're good at it. Um, and also on that note, you know, having a dad who is a Colorado Division Wildlife Officer, like I'm three years old going on nature hikes and we're picking up trash. And I just think this is what you're supposed to do. Right. So um, in, in high school, I discovered uh, that my love in this world was when I got my, my driver's license, I could pack my car with all of my favorite people and go see live music. So on my 16th birthday, I literally went from the DMV, uh, grabbed my friends, and we drove four, four hours over the mountains from Grand Junction, Colorado to Denver to see Weezer on my 16th birthday, our yes. favorite, my favorite band. Like, oh my God, it was the best. Then we drove back for school the next day, and it was just like a new piece of me was, was born, right? Uh, in college, I went to Colorado State, and the first week of school, I got lost on campus, and I, I was in the student center and like couldn't get out, so I, I went in this random room to be like, you know, I'm, I'm new, can you help me get out? And it was the college radio station. Just that, that right there is the piece of luck that, that is my story would not have happened without this one piece of luck. So uh, they told me about the radio station. It turns out CSU had one of the best stations in the country. It was 24 seven student run. So they told me when, I, when orientation was, I went to it, but I got lost again. And this is back in 2002 when there was, you know, there was no iPhones, right? Like getting around college campus your first week was very, very confusing. So since I was late, I had to sit up at the front. Well, they told me all about it and it sounded awesome. And one thing that they said was when you're a DJ, you can get free tickets to concerts. And it was like, oh my God. Well, I was the first person to get to sign up because I had to sit in the front and there happened to be one spot that wasn't taken 24 seven so I was the first freshman with a radio show, DJ Hollywood from four to six in the morning. Wow. And two weeks into my college career, I could get free concert tickets all across the state of Colorado. So uh, my friends and I would like two or three times a week, we would drive from Fort Collins to Denver or Colorado Springs or Boulder and back the next day for school. And it was just like, this is my love. Um, and in college, I, another like random thing is I chose restaurant and resort management as a degree because I um, wanted to run a, a ski resort or a golf course. And my senior year, I was like, this is stupid. I do not want to be in this industry. So I, like, just, I graduated and, and moved to LA after college um, and uh, got a sales job off of Craigslist. Just took a sales job. Actually, it's funny, selling video conferencing, right? <laughs> and um, it was an interesting time to be in it because this was like the, the you know, we were, we were competing with like, like uh, WebEx and GoToMeeting and stuff. And, um, and I, I was good at it. And I, I um, 
was really lucky because I was, I was being, the company like invested in their employees by paying us to read like sales and business development books every day, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd read for 20 minutes and then you'd go about your day. And um, these books are what really helped me recognize things later on. So, um, you know, the books basically said, find something you love and do it. Do it for 10,000 hours and you'll become an expert. And successful businesses re recognize a niche in, or a group of people and solve a problem for that community. So, um, you know, I was d doing that life, but LA was hard for me because I couldn't find my people. I, I you know, I, I kind of lost touch with music. And, um, you know, a few years later, I uh, made this group of friends that like, I finally met my people, you know? Yeah. And uh, they took me to my first music festival. And um, it was Snowball in, in Colorado. I was actually, uh, so this is 2011, my uncle called me a couple weeks before and he was like, hey, uh, one of my favorite bands, Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zeros are playing in town. And I'm like, it's Vail, Colorado, like why? You know, like a week later he calls, he's like, no, it's a music festival. So I look at the lineup and at this point, I don't even know what electronic music is. I'm an, yeah. I'm an indie rock kid, right? But on the lineup was Edward Sharp, The Flaming Lips, Portugal the Man, wow. um, uh, and then a, a bunch of other artists I'd never heard of called Big Gigantic, Bass Nectar, and Pretty Lights. Wow. And a uh, girlfriend and I just, like, the day before, we're like, let's do this. So the next, we fly to Colorado, and we get all, it's a snow festival, so we're in all our snow gear, and um, uh, we're wearing our spirit hoods, and I kind of missed that, but, but this group uh, was, Something that helped me a lot was they had been wearing, you know, spirit hoods. And in 2010, no one had ever seen these before. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess I was, I was kind of shy. I was just kind of new to like after college life. And, and in LA, everyone's so set that it was like kind of intimidating. But when you wore the spirit hood around, everyone would come up to you. And it, it really brought me out of my shell, right? Yeah. So we go to this festival and we're in line to get in. And everyone's just so cool and it's like oh my god before i even made it into the festival i was like here's where the people are <laughs> i've been in la for four years haven't been able to find like my core people and freaking here they are we get into the festival and it just hits me that like oh my god that's what a festival is like outdoor music is way better than all those concerts i went to in college and i <laughs> love those concerts in college you know and just had the absolute best time ever. But I also, man, I learned a lot of lessons. One, your phone's going to die. Two, um, you're, you're going to want to network, but you can't because your phone's dead. And three, those, those firework glasses, the reflector glasses, are just the best thing ever. Right? So we get back, and I'm like, uh, my, my karaoke MC is like, you have to come to Coachella. And I was like, absolutely, after this, you know? So I'm like, get to go to Coachella. And... Um, I Googled and Googled and Googled, and once again in 2011, no one's seen a battery charger. On the sixth page of Google, I find one. And it's, it's, it's kind of like I invented this thing. You know what I mean? I didn't, but like, oh, sorry. Uh, shut up. Um, Don't worry, it's not live. We'll just slice that part out. <laughs> so weird. Um, so, uh, go to Coachella. Oh, and then I, I made business cards. And yeah. with this battery, this, this, uh, 
Oh no, so the battery, I bought this battery and now I'm heading to Coachella with the ability to charge people's phones. Um, I uh, get these business cards made and I'm like filling it out and I'm like, I'm not a business, like what do I say? And it's like Tucker Gumber, I'm like, that guy you met at that place who thought you were awesome, let's party. And, and then I bought a bunch of firework glasses and over the course of Coachella, I'm running around charging people's phones giving them these party cards and firework glasses. And it was just wow. like, by the end of it, it oh, and, and you've been to Coachella, I'm guessing? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Last like four years and, and I'm doing double weekend. We but but I love hearing about music. Like, yeah, I love this stuff. The music experience is just on a different level. Yeah. It's, it's it, like, it's so funny. Like I, I, I'm the self-proclaimed biggest Coachella like supporter ever because literally everywhere else I've been, which is darn near every festival in, in you know, this, uh, the States at least, uh, it's, it, it's like, it's just different. The artists care more. The stages are more epic. Every, mm -hmm. every show is different and you see 14 X a day. And by the end of that, I was just like, I can't believe this, this exists and that you can have this much fun. And I also had this like realization that it had been six months to the day since I had met that awesome new group of friends and wearing that spirit hood around. And now suddenly I'm at Coachella and I can't believe this is it. And, and I, I had this idea to share it, to, to share this magic that had happened. So I ended up yeah. like starting a blog about like being happy and making the decision to, to like, like, you know, be, be positive. Yeah. And, um, it started growing. I went to more festivals. I just, I had, I was making great money. So uh, next thing I know, I'm heading to uh, Lightning in a Bottle, which I had no idea what it was, but oh my God, Lightning in a Bottle. And then now I'm going to Bonnaroo. Now I'm going to Lollapalooza. And the blog is growing, but my numbers at work are coming down. And it's like, I'm, I'm supposed to be the star salesman. Like, yeah. what the heck? This is, this is, this is not good. I'm gonna have to like. I'm. I'm kind of realizing I'm gonna have to make a decision between this job that I'm making all of this money at, and and or like this thing I'm new, excited about. And um, I was uh, actually eating Chinese food, and I opened a fortune cookie, and it said, "Now is a good time to take a risk. You will succeed." <laughs> so I quit the job, just wow. flat out. Uh, quit the job. My parents are freaking out. You know, like I, I own a house in LA at this point. I have a mortgage. Like this is, this is a big deal. Um, but then I just keep going to festivals and, um, you know, a couple months later, now I'm realizing like not having that paycheck is yeah. going to be a bummer. And I'm, I'm on my buddy's boat in Marina Del Rey and I'm totally like negging out saying, I think I made a, a mistake, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, when we're going like this and something caught my eye in the corner of his boat, and I'm like, hey, is that a fortune cookie? And he's like, yeah, it's really old, but do you want it? I'm like, yeah. I open it, that fortune cookie said, if you keep going, you will succeed. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna ride this thing out and not stop. So next thing I know, we're, we're going to Outside Lands, we go to Burning Man, um, and to finish off that year, Austin City Limits and Moogfest in, um, North Carolina yep. and I've been to 11 music festivals and uh, I had to uh, basically I was like okay well 
this is what I love to do. And I've learned so much. Like to think about where I was at that first festival, which was six months ago, to now, it, it, it is crazy how much I learned. And, and, and you had to learn everything the hard way. You know what I mean? Like with fishing, I can, I can read from experts on how to do it better. There wasn't anything like that for festivals. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I had the idea to review them. Now I didn't want to just be some guy, so I typed in the festival guy on, on GoDaddy, and it was available.com. And I was like, well, that's, that's interesting. Like, why not? You know, like yeah. someone should, should, be, should be able to say like, here's, here's experience of the things that I have been to that allow me to say that this isn't as good as the other things. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I registered the website and um, reviewed those festivals I'd been to. And um, by the next year, uh, so 2012, I, it, I bought tickets to Coachella and Lightning in a Bottle, um, went to South by Southwest. Um, and then I started volunteering at festivals, but Lightning in a Bottle 2012 was the last festival I ever paid for, besides Burning Man. Wow. And by middle of that summer, suddenly my website had enough traffic to where I could get media passes. Yeah. And for me, this is just the absolute best because I'm, 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 I'm a fan. You know what I mean? I'm a fan who now is getting to go to all of these events when you're media, you're, you're all access. Mm -hmm. And what, what was kind of cool about the situation I put myself in is with, with most blogs, you know, they'll have their southwest person their northwest person their southeast person their midwest person you know what i mean and, and they so they can cover all of them well when you do that the artists who you meet don't get to see that person again well with me i'm just bouncing all over the place and when i would meet someone well i would see him the next weekend and yep. then i would see him the next weekend and then they would introduce me to people and then i would introduce them to people and um, that basically went on for, uh, I mean, through the next seven years. Wow. 2011 to 18. Yeah. And um, I mean, the, the stories I have are just out of control. You know, I've, I've, so I'm just, I'm, I'm very blessed. Like I'm friends with like probably more, half of my favorite musicians, which is, yeah. you know, as a fan, really cool you know what i mean like I, I love being around creative people that are living their dream and it inspires me to want to push further um and um that's that's, <laughs> that's yeah that's awesome that's dude it's funny though because uh, yeah well the first thing when uh i saw your instagram i was like man this guy follows him i was like grizz follows him i was like oh this guy <laughs> and then you're saying yeah, that. I mean, like i i I met Grizz at Wakarusa in 2013, and then uh, we hung out at Electric Forest a, a month later, and um, then uh, when it was time for Shambhala, I'd been at Shambhala for three days before he and his tour manager Ben got up there, so I was the one taking them around, and then they were in Canada after that, so I went to, his, I got to go to his first, um, Canadian like show which was in Whistler in like a hundred person room in a basement wow and uh since then we've just we've been you know great friends uh I wonder how many festivals would I've been to uh with him at this point it's probably over 40 
Um, took him to Burning Man in 2016. Um, and, and the coolest part about that is one of those first friends I was telling you about um, um, was my buddy Dale. He's, he, uh, he's an incredible musician. Like he, when I met him, he was a blues brother at Universal Studios. Wow. Right? Wow. Like, <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? You know, singing and dancing. That's my buddy Dale. He's, he plays Jake Blues. So he's also in a soul band called Soul Scratch. Well, in 2016, uh, Grant uh, asked uh, me and um, my, my friend Alexa to um, uh, lead the, Liber the Liberators, his, his um, ambassador team. And um, uh, anytime I had Grant in the car, I would play uh, Soul Scratch, which is Dale's music. Yeah. Well, in 2017, Dale called me and he was like, uh, hey, Tucker, like, uh, Grizz's management hit me up. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, everything okay? Like, why? <laughs> He's like, no, they, like, want me to play some shows with him. Wow. Grizz was in, or Dale was in the, was in Grizz's live band. Wow. So that year at Burning Man, I, I left on Friday, which is, in, I never left Burning Man before, um, early. Uh, I hitchhike from Reno, or from Burning Man to Reno. I fly to Denver for, the, for their first show. And um, like, here comes the live band and there's five singers. I'm like, oh my God, Dale's like, you know, <laughs> he's back there, he's a singer. No, he comes up and he's singing the first song. Wow. Dale, like my lifelong friend is like, he, he, he did the first two songs and the last two songs. And I'm like bawling because I was just at Burning Man. Now I'm watching one of my best friends play with one of my other best friends at Red Rocks. And I'm just like, it was, it was a lot. But like, wow. that's pretty amazing. Um, it is amazing. And, and wow, <laughs> I feel like there's so many just synchronicities that occur, mm -hmm. right? And just going back into your story, when you talked about the fortune cookies and then another fortune cookie, and then just, you even mentioned, oh, I just said, I'm going to hitchhike. So talk about that. Talk about how the festival experience and festival community and, and overall spirit allows you to, to take the chance um, when, you know, there might be so many other reasons why not to do something where you elect, I'm just going to well, go forward with one of the One of the reasons I've been able to do what I do uh, is one of the books I read was called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Hmm. Yep. Okay, it's Deepak Chopra. I, I read this thing in 2010 and it it's like the playbook on how to let, let the universe drive a little bit. You know what I mean? And you, you need to um, believe in potentiality, like that, that, that amazing things can and will happen, but you have, to, you have to let them. So something I've come up with since then is if, if, it's, 50, if, if it's a 50-50 decision, always go with yes. No good stories start with when you said no. Mm -hmm. And we only get so many days on this, planet when you're actually living that no you never have a day where you really lived when you said no mm -hmm. right so um what's great about this festival community is you meet people that have a little more understanding of this along the way and, and slowly we spread it right we talk about it it's you know it's called flow and Basically, it's just these little signs from the universe that let you know you're on the right course. Um, and um, in my journeys at, at Burning Man 2013, I uh, was introduced to um, this guy named Brady Headland. And Brady, you want to talk about a legend? 
Brady at 20 years old in, in Calgary, Alberta, one of the coldest places in the country, in the, in the continent. Um, he, he, at 18, he traveled to um, Thailand and had so much fun. And he's like, I'm starting a travel company. So at 20, he literally put up flyers around town to try to get someone to pay him to take them to, Th to, take him to Thailand. And these two, these, these two um, like girls did. So he, he started this travel company. It's called Life Before Work Travel. And they, they, it, it, it worked. It grew. They, you know. um, so in 2017, uh, it was his 30th birthday in the 10-year reunion of starting this company. Now they do, do group travels to 15 different uh, countries around the world. So for, for, for this, his birthday, he had uh, all the tour guides go to Panama and they rented a private island. And we did like, a, it was like a 200 person festival, like house party on a private island in Panama, right? Um, and I, on, on this, you know, I brought a bunch of my friends. So we had like um, the Funk Hunters and Shuka and um, uh, Neon Steve, like we had this, in, incredible lineup oh rumpus was there that's where i met rumpus um and um brady had brought a couple of like some of his favorite um like life coaches like yeah. like people that share their their knowledge on their certain subject and um he he brought these just beauties uh jackie and justin and they they are partners and talk about flow and uh learning really about it then and, and basically how you describe it how they describe it is flow living in flow is like um it, it's like you're driving in a snowstorm and, and it's so it's it's snowing so much that you can't see anything hmm. but you, you know the roadway markers that that light up well if once you start to recognize uh little coincidences it shows you you're on the right path. And if you haven't seen one for a while, you need to be like, oh, something is out of whack and I need to kind of go back and reset myself. And um, since then I've, I've gotten to do a handful more of their classes through uh, this event called Unconventional Life, um, which Jules Schroeder was also there in, in Leeds. And, it was, and, and these were like, um, not festivals, but like business retreats. So the first one I did was was three months after I, I met them. Uh, it was 40 entrepreneurs and 10 business coaches in a castle in Italy for four days. I mean, unbelievable. And the things you're able to learn and, and share, it's just awesome because you're able to share it again. And that's how, the, that's why the festival community is so special because you're bringing together what it, what it the reason it changes your life, and everyone's like, oh, this festival changes your life. Well, the reason why is the whole world is made up of different people from different walks of life, right? And there's just a reality that there's only so many people that you're really gonna vibe with because your vibe attracts your tribe. And um, when a festival lineup comes out, well, the whole world can see it, but the small group of that whole world are gonna, be, are gonna see enough on there that they resonate with to be like, I'm going to this. Well, these are people you have something in common with. So you get filtered out. But then there's eight stages. Yeah. So it's like out of these eight stages, where are you going to go? So it filters it again. And then where do you stand? Do you ride the rail? Are you a front, you know, are, are you a, you know, 
next to the sound booth person. Um, I personally, if, if it's someone I'm really into, I haven't really shared this, but at this point I'll let this go. Um, any, well, any, any expert festival goer already knows it, but the sweet spot is actually, you'll, you'll meet a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm front right, I'm front left, or whatever, right? Nonsense. It's front opposite. Wherever the traffic is coming from, go around that whole crowd all the way up to that other corner and there's no one there. And you are like right there and <laughs> no one's around you because it's a long way to get there. And you have room to dance, it's, it's just the best. So I'm a front opposite person. Um, but what, but what that, that's why festivals are so, so incredible and you meet so many people that you're like because we're, when you're at your spot, watching one of your favorite artists, the people that are around you are the most like you in the entire world. Mm -hmm. Very true, very true. And, and you also mentioned that energy, that spirit and the total immersiveness of, of festivals. Cause you just mentioned uh, you went on entrepreneur retreats and um, you, you know, some festivals now incorporate yoga. There are so many other things and immersive experiences going on in tandem with, with beautiful music, right? And in so many different stages. So it's just this, this area of self-exploration. And then you also, while you're connecting with yourself, you meet other people that are extremely like you. And there totally. it goes, the whole, you know, your, your vibe attracts your tribe. So um, amid, you know, now is a time where we're unfortunately unable to do that in the physical realm right now. Uh, I keep trying to say, that's all right. We all got to look at a way where it's a, it's a way for us to, to elevate because we will be back out there. You know, whether it's in six months or a year, right? right. And um, one of the ways that we can elevate is understanding, okay, if we really love festivals, how can we make festivals a better place moving forward? And it starts with ourselves. You sure. are a big uh, proponent of being conscious about the trail you leave behind, right? So, so speak about that and how it, something as simple as throwing your trash away is what we can all just understand so that next time we get back to festivals. Well, the, the real jam, the real jam is to build your life and your, your festival experience so you don't have trash to throw away. Right? Like, get to a point where, you, you know, by, the, by, my, by my last year of festivaling, and, and I'm still learning and growing, you know what I mean? I'm, 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 a, I'm a band festival goer. I'm carrying my own cutlery. I hate when someone hands me plastic and I have to use it and throw it away. Well, do that. You know what I mean? I have my own cup. Like, that's a real big one. Uh, have your own water bottle. But the thing is, you have to build it to where you're, it's, you're hands free. You, you, you just have to have your hands available at all times, right? Mm -hmm. You've got things to do. If, if, if you have to hold on to something, you're going to lose it. So make sure everything can attach to you. Have a strap, get a backpack, whatever the situation is. Like, if you are buying water bottles, you're doing it wrong. You know, when you, when you really think about what, it, what goes into a, a plastic water bottle, it's not like, you know, someone will tell you like, oh, it's, it's recyclable. Let me tell you this. Here we go. That bottle was brought out of the ground in Saudi Arabia. It was then sh uh, um, shipped to a refinery where they turn it into these little pebbles pellets. The pellets are then shipped to China where they put it into bottles. The bottles are now shipped to Michigan where they put water in it. 
you then drink it and then it gets recycled. But maybe, it, oh no, but then to recycle it, it has to go back to China, which now they don't even accept it anymore. That is absolute insanity, right? Not so there is no like- levels of heat as well, right? And it, all of this, all this travel while it's going from country to country to country. Gas, it's high levels of heat and in plastic, and then you're gonna consume that water and then believe that it's fresh. Right, it's, it's the, the whole process of all of that is just, it's, it's not realistic, you know what I mean? Um, so know that and make these steps to where, and, and also like, yo, having a, a nice insulated water bottle, the water tastes better. You can make it cold. Like it's, it's a great experience is to have this thing, you know? Um, but that's the thing is we're all on our own journey. So once you're educated in something like this, it's your responsibility to let other people know while not sounding like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> something I've struggled with before. Um, <laughs> that was a volume one. See that? So, so let's talk about the Festival Goers Guide volume one, right? You, you yeah. put that out roughly, what, how many years ago? Uh, two. Two years ago. Okay, okay. So it's, it's pretty relevant. Um, yeah, and it is available for free on, on uh, thefestivalguy.com. You can, you can click on it and it's, it's like digital. You, you can read the whole thing if you're watching this. Oh, so, wow. Where, yeah. so the festivalguide.com? The festivalguide.com. Oh, festivalguide.com, your website. Yeah. Cool. There's, a, there's a lot of stuff on there. There's, there's sustainability tips. Uh, I actually had a travel show in 2015. So I think there's like eight episodes. The Shambhala episode, I think is 45 minutes. Like we just, <laughs> my editor, love him. Shout out Jim. Couldn't, there's just, he just didn't want to cut things. So it's like, it's a 45 minute episode of what Shambhala is. But um, yeah, it's so, it's so funny to look back on all this stuff because like I've worked my ass off. Something I haven't even brought up was I founded an app called Festivo. Uh, in one app that let you listen to, it had every festival and every artist and it let you see every festival that an artist played or every artist on the festival lineup. And you could listen to every artist and so you knew who to see. I could not figure out how to get people to download the damn thing. And um, I discovered five of my top 20 musicians through this app. And like, it's not up and running anymore. I couldn't afford to keep the damn servers up. But yeah. um, boy, did I try. And, but, but it's okay because I have developed this really unique skill set that's come in in a lot of different ways. Dude, that, that's first off, I've heard of Festivo because we, yeah. we mentioned it, it rung a bell. Um, because when we were starting our, and I'll just share, take my glasses off. When we were starting our journey, you know, with Festi and, and saying, oh, well, we attend all these events and we have amazing times. The only issue is sometimes it's, it's like drawing totally. straws where we yeah. lose somebody and we don't even know if it's for one hour or five or six hours. So when we were like, all right, well, let's, let's start something and, and let's make something because if there isn't something out there, that specifically caters to a festival goers, you know, needs while they're at an event. Hey, let's be the first. So we were looking up names. So festival comes around. Um, but you mentioned it, you know, the art of flow and going after it and just understanding for us. I mean, we were just festival goers that we we've never created our own product, but yeah. we weren't. That wasn't going to stop us. We knew what could, what did we know? Well, we attend a lot of events, so we know if we were to make a product, what it should have right and that's when it started and then we created this prototype and we put that online and our whole theory was 
this is probably going to get a, a, a good positive response from the community. 48 hours later, a million point two views later and 10,000 people on the mailing list, whatever, which is great. We're not like, all right, cool. Now we're going forward. Doesn't matter. We're bringing in a guy. We'll find people that, that can make this come to life the way, you know, four festival goers, five festival goers. And dude, that's the abridged version. Of course, there's been peaks and valleys, yeah, you know, but it's all yeah. part of the process, right? Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, um, a lot of good lessons. You know, I, I'm so blessed to have lived this crazy life. Like you don't meet many people that can say they've lived their dream. Mm -hmm. I, I did. I, you know, when you, when you think about what it means to have been to 158 music festivals, I think my, that's over 600 days spent at a music festival. You know oh. what I mean? Like the, the number of incredible humans that I've met and funny moments and the shows and um, lots of lots of life lessons. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really stoked on it. Um, and excited to see where it all goes uh, from here. Cause now, now I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't want to say festival guys retired, but uh, I'm working on other things. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly just really blessed that when a festival lineup comes out, I'm probably friends with someone playing it and can text and get on the guest list. Dude, you're, you're now, you're <laughs> the not, festival Yoda. You're the festival well, Yoda now. It's, it's <laughs> to, 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 to have the benefits of, it without having to do because because that's something that people don't talk about is is running a blog about and 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 earning your media pass is a lot of work right like you your content has to be great it has to be timely there's pre-covered there's post-covered there's mm -hmm. all the socials during it's a lot of work so if you have friends that are that are running a festival blog like yo tell them you're it's awesome um tell them it's like you appreciate what what they're doing in, in advancing the um, the community and the industry because it's a lot of work. Well, so, let's talk about that. What does it take? What does it really take? Like, let's say, for example, I mean, uh, if you want to get media passes, um, um, well, I just think just to run that blog and then the media pass is a, probably just a byproduct, right, of of that. But well, it was it, my maybe it's hand in hand. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I I, I wanted to do this thing that ever I wanted. You know. I wanted to go for free like that's that was um that that was like a big motivation for me because uh that's otherwise i wouldn't have been able to do what i what i've done you know yeah. what i mean like i could have kept the job and just bought all the passes but i didn't and I, yeah. so getting to go for free was a big piece yeah um running up running a website it's just constantly being creative coming up with new ideas um when you're there, you're always looking for things. And, and that, that has stayed with me. Like anytime I go into a group of people, I'm like surveying faces to see how much fun people are having, mm -hmm. which is funny because uh, I live in Las Vegas now. And uh, on my birthday last year, after a really good party, um, my uh, friend and, and uh, the founder of the company that I moved here to work for called Cannabition, it's like an immersive cannabis museum. Mm -hmm. um, 
the founder texted me. He's like, Hey, my buddy has extra NASCAR passes. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, like 50, 50. Yes. Like, let's do this. Right. So, and I'm excited to see, you know, a bunch of like super redneck people having the best day of their life. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's still good vibes. It's ultimately yeah. still good vibes. You know, right. you don't even have to understand it. You know that there's going to be good vibes there. Because here's the thing. Here is the thing. We get there. No one's smiling. <laughs> like, we get up there on the stands and the cars are flying past. And I'm looking. Nobody's smiling. I, it, we were three quarters through the day before I heard a cheer. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, it, you know, you put your little headset on, you just, but it just, it didn't even look like people were having fun. And it just made me appreciate what we get at a festival so much more because everyone is having a good time. And that's something that's cool about, you know, seeing the change from one year to the next is I can say the festivals are getting cleaner every year. Mm -hmm. People are having more fun. Like, I used to have a saying that it's not a festival unless there's like a chick crying. You know, there'd always be like someone bawling because she lost her friends and phones don't work. Mm -hmm. And um, well, phone service has gotten better every year. Yeah, so, um, so less it, and it's not everyone's first festival. And that's the thing about what we're going through right now is in the end, it's going to be the best thing that's happened to the festival space because the bubble had burst. Mm -hmm. Let's be real. Festivals were closing. Numbers were going down. Festivals weren't selling out. You know, you have your majors that do because obviously, mm -hmm. but like every year festivals were closing and closing. And it, what, what happened was there's only so many people that like these types of events, right? And once someone has been to enough of them, they're kind of, they've kind of done it, right? Well, so many people had gotten to the point where they had kind of achieved festivals that um, they stopped going, but there weren't enough young kids, like the, the, peop the amount retiring versus the amount um, just being into it was, there was more people stopping going than there were starting, right? So um, that's, that's what had happened with, with festivals. So now that we can't go, everyone's clock is going to be reset. Now, it might take a little bit to get going again because, you know, there's going to be people that want to, but then there's going to be people that are, that are freaked out about mm -hmm. the virus. But once it's proven that it's safe, festivals are going to go off like never before mm -hmm. because everyone's going to want to be missing them. Yeah, and they're going to be able to integrate all types of artists, all types of genres, and let everyone get back out there. So instead of that one year, that the new incoming class of festival goers, it's probably going to be like two, two or three times that amount. And then you're going to have the, the people come out of festival retirement and be like, oh, no, I'm getting back in. I'm getting back out there. Yeah. yeah. So what would be your tips uh, to the upcoming class of festival goers? Other than, you know, of course, there's the guide. And I'm sure the guide speaks to all of that. Uh, what would be, let's say, your top three tips to the incoming class of festival goers based off your experiences? Cool. Um, number one is treat everyone like you're already friends. Like, remember that these people have made the exact same choices as you. So just 
flat out when you get to a festival, talk to anybody and everybody because they're gonna be awesome. Um, number two is get, you know, camping festivals are way more fun than other festivals. That is just, that is just science. You're there the whole time. Um, you're on your own schedule, you know, like it is way more fun if you know what you're doing. Get your camping life situated. Uh, learn to what it takes to um, keep your tent cool. And how you keep your tent cool is uh, you need to find where uh, east is and you want the, you know, there's most tents are, are longer at one side. You want the thinnest part facing east. Um, because then it doesn't heat up as fast. Uh, and uh, you can literally just put a, oh, and ventilation. You gotta keep all your windows open, uh, even take the rain fly off. Uh, and uh, a, a blanket over the top is a good way to go. Or, you know, you go the, the route where you get, um, you know, one of the tents that's designed to keep cool. But that, that right there, being able to get sleep when you want to is such a big deal because like, um, I have uh, Outback Logic Siesta 4 and it, uh, it, it keeps the sun out. It's even dark on the inside. So, you know, when you've had a good night and you're getting back to camp at seven in the morning, you just had a good night. Well, for me, my tent stays cool. So I have to set an alarm to make sure I get up. My buddy next to me isn't that situation. So their tent gets too hot and by 9 a.m. they can't sleep. Well, the difference is I, d I wake up with one, two, seven hours sleep and he got two then you go into the next day then it happens again by the last day you can't have fun because your body's shutting down mm -hmm. um and the other one is uh i call it leave no trace plus one the reality is we're never going to get 100 percent of people to do anything and you know, let's say five, you're at a festival with 10,000 people and only 5% leave their trash behind. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Well, that's still 500 people leaving their trash behind. Mm -hmm. Well, if half of the people would do leave no trace plus one, which means you pick up after you, obviously, but you also pick up after one person who's not. Mm -hmm. So when you see the biggest, you know, jabroni or whatever you want to call this person that isn't really in the community uh that you can kind of tell like there's you know they're just they're here they're they're um they're always there it's fine mm -hmm. um it's it a lot of people start there and then they slowly learn mm -hmm. you know the ways and that, that's a good thing that's it's it's good that they're there but um you know if you look at them and you're like that person's leaving three pieces of trash a day for sure if you pick up after three pieces of trash you counteracted that one person mm -hmm. so if half the people did leave no trace plus one there wouldn't be a single piece of trash on the ground not even like re realistically in this situation if five percent would do it but yeah. be one of those five you yeah know? for sure there it is secrets to festival success by the festival guy tucker gumber so yeah. okay a couple more things just uh speak about the current state right of of events and, and what are you enjoying because right now we are all having to tap into our creative yeah. side whether it's just self-exploration like i have dj equipment behind me and i'm just yeah. dabbling you know what i mean well, but what have you seen that's totally. like, wow I've that's super inspiring i've got a couple of things going on that um so when this all happened uh live streams became very very popular right uh 
they were hard to find. So, um, you know, there were a lot of sites that popped up about where to find the live streams. Mm-hmm. I created one myself, actually. Uh, it's called socialdistancingcentral.com. And I basically made a festival lineup. So the, our schedule is a festival lineup. Um, and you can click on them and, 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 you know, go watch all the live streams. Well, what makes us different is we're actually curating. Um, we're in the process of this now. Uh, yoga, workout classes, meditation, and comedy. So in addition to all of the music, nice. we're working on 24-7 yoga, fitness, meditation, and comedy. So you always have these things to do right? And that's, that's just awesome. Um, so uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, and advice on that note is, you know, live streams aren't that fun. If music isn't that fun, if the environment's not right, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the biggest takeaway. I was talking about how amazing watching music at Coachella is because it's incredible. Other festivals you'll go to and it's like, oh, the lighting sucks here. Oh, the sound isn't good. So figure out how to get your, your house dialed. Um, I, for one, am, am very lucky and blessed as to my living situation because like, you know, this could have happened from, from, from April 2014. Think about where you were in April 2014, right? Through January of 2019, last year, I didn't live anywhere. I was going to so many festivals, I didn't even unpack my bag for four years, nine months. Wow. If this had happened any time during that, I would have been absolutely screwed. I would have been like camping, right? So um, I ended up uh, getting a job at this place called Cannabis, and I'd, I'd thrown uh, a group of friends and I had thrown this after party for Life is Beautiful Festival in Vegas uh, that uh, previous September. And this place, Cannabis, was opening. It was like an immersive cannabis museum. So mm-hmm. cool, right? Right downtown Vegas. And the place came with a crash pad in a um, really cool building um, right downtown. Um, And I was on an air mattress in a living room for six months. But for me, not living anywhere, it was an upgrade. And it was just a crash pad, who cares? Well then, uh, one of my roommates moved and suddenly I had a room and rent and suddenly like this apartment sucked. And um, the landlord wanted me to get on the lease and I was like, well, I'm not gonna be here long. Like, I don't like this apartment. And he's like, well, you know, the place next door is available. And what's interesting is like talking about manifestation, one of the things you do, and and I learned from Jackie and Justin is to talk things into reality, right? Be very specific. So for five years, I have been saying that my dream house is somewhere in a city where I can host people and see the sun come up and the sun go down. He opens one door over from where I've been living and I live in my dream house. We are this. We are on the uh, on top of the parking garage, so um, I can literally throw a party any any minute of any day. I can't make too much noise. Uh, there's two balconies, one to see the sun come up and one to see the wow. sun go down. And um, what's crazy is Cannabition. We were moving locations when all this happened, so I have all of the lights from the museum in my apartment. So. Live streams for me are really great. So uh, I have, let's see if she's still queued up here. Yeah, I have Closey's live stream here and I'll, I'll, I'm gonna show you um, yes. what, what a live stream can be. Um, okay, Google, turn all the sockets on. Sure, turning party kitchen on. Here we go. Okay. 
So, okay, Google, turn all sockets on. There we go. Wow. What am I seeing right now? I see a lot of beautiful lights, an epic view here. That's, that's the El Cortez. Um, the 747 from Burning Man's going on out there. <laughs> um, so here's, here's Closey, who I, who I took to Burning Man this year. <laughs> wow, this is a beautiful setup. And suddenly live streams aren't that bad. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hey, I, I gotta come visit you, man. <laughs> when all this is done. <laughs> That's epic. This is, this is the sunset balcony. Wow. And it's pretty go. funny because like, you know, I didn't have a house for five years and now I live here with a dope roommate and, um, it, it, it's just, it's really wild that all of this kind of fell into place because I wasn't apartment shopping. You yeah. know what I mean? And the difference between uh, the unit that I didn't like in this one was 200 bucks a month. Wow. Like, you just, you just have to do it. And here you are now, enjoying live streams, sunsets, sunrises. Yeah. Inviting whoever you want to invite over. That, that's, that's amazing. That's just the art and the power of manifestation. And as you mentioned it, speaking things into existence, right? Because right. of course the thoughts, but then to actually project it out into the universe and then have it be received and then be open to just what, what's in store for you, right? Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. So it, it's, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. It, it's cool to live somewhere like that makes you feel creative and makes you feel good. You know what I mean? And I'm very, very thankful for it because this could have happened another time and it wouldn't be there. And I know, you know, there's just a reality that like, there's a lot of people that, that aren't, aren't that uh, uh, lucky to, to, to be, be like that. And in personal, like, I feel so bad. I've re the people that have it worst, I've thought about this, college freshmen. They yeah. got this taste of, of freedom. They, you know what I mean? They got this taste of college and now they're back at home with their parents. Oof. Yeah, they got a little taste of it. We were, I was just speaking with my fiance about that. We were debating. She's like, I don't know. What about the 16 year old who, or the 15 year old who's just about to get their driver's license? Ooh. And then boom. That's, <laughs> but that's another good one. College freshman. That's right up the alley. I think, yeah, I think, I think like that's even more freedom. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you, get like you work so hard to get to go to college away from your family. Um, and nope, you're back. Right. So let's actually, let, let's end on that note of, of sending a, a positive final message to the community, right? Because yeah, the, tr the truth and the reality of the matter is, you know, some people are taking this really hard. Um, huh. You could even be getting depressed because you're not able to be out there again, right? Under the electric sky or just at the festival around people, or you were so excited to get out there. What's that, that positive message you can kind of send just shortly uplift Any, everyone in the community anytime, right now? This is, this, this is something that you need to look at, not just in the situation, but anytime a situation is forced upon you, it happens all the time. You know what I mean? This, this thing happened. It, what are you going to do with it, right? 
you're either going to let it, let it be the worst thing ever. And you're going to talk about it being the worst thing ever. And it's going to be the worst thing ever because you're letting it. Or are you like, okay, this thing happened. I'm going to make the best of it. This thing happened and I've already started a website and am now curating yoga classes and stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what you, when, when something happens like this, you, you, you learn from it and, and just make the best of it. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'm, I've dropped like three pant sizes just by doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts with my buddy, Mike Grimm, like online. Like I, I'm, I'm so thankful that this happened because now I know that I can do these little workouts. Like I can go to the gym for an hour and in 30 minutes, I'll get a better workout with someone telling me what to do. You know what I mean? That was a, that was a good lesson. Yeah. And when this happened, it was, it was just like, okay, this is, this is what it is. I'm going to completely make the best of it. And, and that applies to everything in life. And when you think about what your attitude is, your attitude is everything. People with a better attitude are happier. They have more friends. They make more money because they're better at their job because whatever your job is, if you have a better attitude, you're better at it. Mm-hmm. Control your attitude, make the best of every situation. You're going to be just fine. There it is. There it is. Exactly. And you mentioned it, just make something happen. Like for us, we were like, okay, let's throw out podcasts. Uh, same thing. We, we created our own Festy lineup. So on Festy.com, we have our own kind of uh, list of live streams. And then we put a little Festy fire icon next to them. Like, this is what we like, you know, what do you guys like? Let, let's hear from you and just find ways to, to contribute um, the attitude is everything and understand what you got to also understand. You're not in this alone. You're in, everyone's in this together. So collectively, if you vi- raise your vibration, it's going to, you know, raise everyone else's in some way, shape or form. Right. So yeah, there it is. All right, everyone. Tucker, thanks for joining the festival. Podcast. So How can we reach out? Just give our thanks, support. Uh, yeah, I'm an Instagram to... festival guy. Uh, I am looking for people to help out with social distancing central. If you want to be involved, hit me up. There's plenty to do. Oh, dude, we're, yeah, Festy, we're looking to collab because that's our whole thing. This is epic where we had this lineup and the same idea. And I love that you mentioned it because we're like, dude, this is great. We, we want to keep pushing this. And hey, if there are some synergies, let's, let's explore them. Yeah. Everybody, Tucker Gumber, www.thefestivalguy. Oh, crazy thing crazy thing after uh i forgot to mention that in the story after running my website for three years my friend tara's like tucker it's so crazy about your initials what do you mean tucker gumber the festival guy oh snap (laughs) yeah it's like it was destiny all along who knew your middle names what's your middle name fucking tucker fucking (laughs) gumber Just so that everyone knows, I thought it was going to say Festy, you know what I mean? But uh, yes. So, and then on Instagram, is it at the festival guy? Festival guy. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Tucker Gumber, peace, love, unity, and respect. Festy Files signing out.